As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Week 11 ranking show edition. We've got a big slate of games, 15 games ahead of us with just two teams on by. So we got a lot to get to on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Michael Beller. Can't even say my own name. I'm so excited. Joined as always by my two trusty co-hosts. Let's start off with Brandon Funston. Funston, what's up? Or don't. Week 11, bring Man, it on. Uh, don't have much week to 11, say this morning I think other, that's other really than bring it up. on. <laughs> what did you say, Jay? It is week 11. It no, is week 11. What, what? Oh, <laughs> your man. video decided to crap out on you at the beginning of the episode. That's what happened. Yeah, I think you were I think you were trailing behind us a little bit in terms of uh, transmission oh, of voices. A little, apparently just my, a little bit. But now you're good. Now apparently you're good. my computer is not ready for week 11. I am, though. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah, as long as as long as you are and your computer is mostly ready, then we'll be okay for this episode. Jake, let's let's just you and me talk for a little bit. How you doing, man? I'm doing better than Funston's computer is doing. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that's good. That's good. And hopefully, uh, hopefully everything catches up and we're feeling good about all that we've got. Because we've got a lot to talk about, you guys. we got a, a very interesting week 11 ahead of us. So many backup running backs that are part of our lives this week. We've got uh, the possibility of Russell Wilson and that Seattle offense hopefully bouncing back. We've got Kyler Murray on the other side of that game. And is he going to return? Is he not? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is he going to return? Is he not? We've got a whole lot to talk about as we get ready to set our week 11 lineups and of course it all starts later tonight about nine hours from the time that we are talking right here with the Patriots and the Falcons kicking off week 11 for us but that is not what we're going to start this show instead we're going to start this show with the Packers and the Vikings Packers two and a half point favorites in Minnesota 49 and a half is the over under on bet MGM and this all starts with A.J. Dillon, who we know will be taking on a primary role for the Packers this week. Guys, give us uh, someone who is behind A.J. Dillon in your rankings. We know everyone who's got A.J. Dillon is starting A.J. Dillon. But let's start with you, Jake. Someone who you have behind him in your running back rankings that maybe will make people say, oh, wow, A.J. Dillon could be that good this week? 
Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's, that's as, a good as, one. as clear as you could possibly get is the fact that he's inside the top 10. Uh, I was talking with Ratcliffe on the show yesterday, and I said, are we playing the potential James Conner game as we just saw last week? And I knew the mm-hmm. answer, but I was setting up for the point of this conversation is that, you know, James Conner was in a complete timeshare, was touchdown reliant. He wasn't like A.J. Dillon providing value in all three downs and looking more explosive and also in an offense that is better as doesn't have Colt McCoy at quarterback. It has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So we've already seen enough from A.J. Dillon. We already said A.J. Dillon was a thorn in Aaron Jones' side. So, you know, it was a year late and still right on that one. <laughs> it just didn't happen last year. But we had the conversation <laughs> at the beginning of the year again, Austin Eckler versus Aaron yeah. Jones, and it's, it was happening this year. Uh, but it really just comes down to a bell cow, Dearness Johnston-like value. We had Dearness Johnston inside of our top 10 or 11 with no Nick Chubb, and A.J. Dillon's there, and potentially even better than Dearness Johnston. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say DeAndre Swift. I have Ezekiel Elliott right behind A.J. Dillon as well, but just to go you know, with another option mm-hmm. here. DeAndre Swift, who... You know, when they're getting blown out, he is huge in the passing game. And then last week when they're playing competitive, he had 33 carries and 130 yards. So uh, somebody like DeAndre Swift, who is no longer game script dependent, uh, is also somebody I'm playing behind A.J. Dillon. I mean, he's right up there. He's an easy, easy start. He's a top 10 running back this week. He's easily a running back one and maybe carves out an even larger role for himself than what he already had when Aaron Jones does indeed return. And that's obviously something we'll be watching again leading up to week 12 because that could be another game that Aaron Jones misses in advance of Green Bay's week 13 by this is a very cut and dried team or game in terms of who we start and who we don't. That happens to be the case in a lot of Minnesota Vikings games. So let's just have a little bit of fun, guys. We've got this game. The next game we're going to talk about is Kansas City and Dallas. So just for the hell of it, just to have a little bit of fun, we've got big time receivers in both of those games. Who has the better combined game, Funston, Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson or Tyree Kill and CeeDee Lamb? I will give, uh, since I have Devontae Adams number one, and I have Justin Jefferson, I think, number four. So, I mean, it's splitting hairs, and obviously it could go either way. Yes, but fun. But, yeah. But, I mean, if I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with the Green Bay-Minnesota matchup and go with Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. And, 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 I mean, I don't know if you're looking for a strong reason for that, but, I mean, how, no, no. how can you? How can you have a strong reason? How can you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These are four. I mean, you got you guys both have all four of these guys. I want to say in your top six or eight of your wide receiver rankings. This is just you know, there's not much more for us to say other than start your Packers and start your Vikings and start your Chiefs and start your Cowboys. So let's just have a little bit of fun with it. All right. We're, we're, what do you got in this one, Jake? Uh, the same. So that probably means the other side is going to be better. <laughs> on I will say this. I will say this. If you if you were going to try to make a strong argument based on something, this game does have that 49 and a half total that I mentioned. Cowboys and Chiefs is at 55 and a half. So basically a full touchdown higher on expectation in Cowboys and Chiefs. And Wait, hold let's on. get to that. What, yeah. Yeah. What's hold up? On. We could talk about it. I was going to say Adams at one and Jefferson at nine and Hill at two and Lamb at seven. So I guess, no, I'm on the other side, barely, by a half. <laughs> Combined, though. Well, well, what if, if, what if yeah, Adams yeah. is just so much better than Hill and then uh, CD and Jefferson are really close for you? Uh, I, I don't have the the gap in the projections that large. I could do the math and the projections if you want to add it up that way. <laughs> it's like Devontae Adams is point six in front of Tyreek Hill, and here uh-huh. we go. Well, we'll go down to Justin Jefferson, point fourteen point three behind. Where is Ceedee Lamb? Uh, see, that's what I disagree with my projections. I have I have Justin <laughs> Jefferson in front of Ceedee Lamb, but in my rankings, this is why I go by my rankings. I would play. Yeah, I would play Ceedee Lamb. Really, what it comes down to is we're talking about this game. 
is yeah. the fact that I legitimately think that we have to start paying attention a little bit to the Packers defense. That's without Jair mm-hmm. Alexander. Like similar yeah. to the Jaguars. Again, Jaguars are not like, oh my God, run for the hills for their pass defense. Sure. But the Packers was it three straight games of three quality quarterbacks that they've limited in the passing games? And Yeah. More than more what? than quality quarterbacks. Right. Well, Russell, Tyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and then Russell Wilson coming back. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Russell Wilson, the finger, the cold, all that stuff. So, so yeah, that's so at least two exceptional quarterbacks. We'll put it that way. And really, what it comes down to is just respect the defense. So, if you respect the defense in a coin flip like this, and Lamb gets the much more favorable matchup. I mean, even you probably say, arguably the better matchup. Period. Even if. The Packers defense wasn't playing de- better. So that's why projections different than I would play Lamb over Jefferson this week. All right, let's talk about Cowboys and Chiefs. Two and a half point favorites are the Chiefs in this one and the 55 and a half over under that I mentioned. Uh, right now, we don't know if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to return. I would say if I had to bet just on reading the Andy Reid tea leaves as of Thursday morning when we're recording this, I would bet against CEH returning. This is a 425 oh, p.m. the Eastern other way to kickoff. me. So, I mean, really? he's, just, he's, he's like hedging his bets, right? At first he said, yeah, he might return, and now he said, oh, he might not return. He like he said there's a chance. He very, <laughs> well, he said there was a yeah, small chance little. that he would be activated after the buy. There's a, yeah, we, have, we, we don't have a, a ton to go on. Either way, the point of the question <laughs> is, like, they have to activate him before, right? This is, this is a Saturday activation. Right. This is not a Sunday activation. So yeah, we're we'll going to know. This is not a take it down to game time sort of decision. So if he returns, how do we look at this KC backfield, Jake, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? What are you doing with CEH if you got him? What are you doing with Daryl Williams if you got him? When you said Casey, I thought you said shaky backfield. Was that, that was a good way to put it. And it was yeah, a, it works too, right? <laughs> I Look, we, you know, at the beginning of the season, we saw Edwards-Alaire, two games, 100-plus rushing yards. The other two were 40s. So he was inconsistent already. Also, in the passing game, two targets, three targets, two targets, three targets. Like, it wasn't even a high-end volume like we wanted. And we were saying, this is annoying. Daryl Williams and other people are involved. Other people at that time were involved. So now you have Daryl Williams, who's looked really good. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Kansas City bounced back as an offense last week, I would say Edwards Lair, boom, right back to 65%. However... I'm a little hesitant, and if Edwards-Alaire is out there, I would play Daryl Williams slightly in front of them. Like, I have Edwards-Alaire in my rankings. I have about two or three spots apart, and they're both in the high-end 20 range. They're like low-end RB2s. I think Daryl Williams leads, but I think it could be like a basically a Broncos situation. Melvin Gordon, Daryl Williams, and then Javante Williams, Edwards-Alaire, who still might look better and still might do better on a per-touch basis, but first game back and the fact that Daryl Williams has looked good and they're coming off a win where that offense clicked on all, you know, just fired on every single cylinder, I would lean a little bit towards Williams, but zero confidence in that. I'm not going to say that's the guarantee to happen. Yeah, and I want... Either of these guys, if you have them? I have them ranked about the same as Jake. I think I have Daryl Williams in the kind of upper 20s and Alaire in the middle to late 20s. So we're pretty close. I'm wondering if, um, you know, because if you look at Daryl Williams in the past game with CEH out and, and how they've been thrown to the running backs, I, w- I wonder if like the nine catch game from Daryl Williams and the six catch game a couple weeks before that is a reaction mm-hmm. to the way the defenses are playing and Kansas City taking what is given to them. And, it, and when CEH comes back, since he hasn't been there, since they've kind of changed things up, that maybe he gets a little bit more run in the passing game as well. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm again, this is CEH's first game back if he does come back, and I, I kind of agree that Daryl Williams is gonna have to get the nod in terms of expected value. Ninety-eight 
points these two teams combined for. Uh, uh, or no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I'm an idiot. Let me redo that. Not <laughs> 98. Points. Wow, that was, a, that was 84 a points. I was I was adding I was adding the <laughs> I was adding the Cowboys actual score with the total of this game in my head. It was 84 <laughs> points these two teams combined for last week. Either way, I mean, a lot of points. A big, big bounce back. <laughs> a big bounce back from both the Cowboys and the Chiefs a week ago and. I think this one's going to go exactly as we expect also in terms of the points that are up on the board. How about the uh, Seahawks, you guys? Seahawks and Cardinals. Is this one going to go the way that we think it's going to go? And what way do we think it's going to go? Right now, the Cardinals are two and a half point favorites in Seattle. We don't know if Kyler's coming back. Colt McCoy might not be there if Kyler is unable to play. But let's talk about the quarterback on the other side. Funston, how comfortable are you? If you're a Russell Wilson manager, how comfortable are you saying last week, whatever, first game back, let's get him right back in my lineup. Uh, it's funny, I was listening to uh, Brock Heward on local sports radio here, um, and he had the same thought and said it in the same way I did. It's like, he, you could have called last week Rust if he was missing a bunch of different ways, but the way that Russell was missing was just sailing passes over and over again. I just think it's straight up, the finger's not all the way there, and we'll see if he if he wears any kind of brace on it this week. It'll be, it won't be as cold. Um, might be wet, though. We'll see. Um mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to be all the way full Russ yet one week later after kind of how off he was last week. So I my expectations, and they've talked about it a lot, is, is they got to get the running game going. I actually think that they're going to try and oh, lean on Alex Collins a little <laughs> bit more and try to play off of that. And, you know, they, what did Russ throw 40 times last time? I don't think that's going to be what they want to do coming into this game. Yeah, it would be nice if you can lean on the run game, but yeah, Alex Collins has been an RB three just in replacement. I, I mentioned yeah, well, I'm ranking him RB twenty seven, so I'm not. Yeah, you know, there you I, go. I'm just telling you, I think they're going to try, but I don't know if they'll be too successful. No, I, I don't disagree with the fact that you can try. Just <laughs> good luck <laughs> with what their yeah. options are. Point I was going to say about Russell Wilson. Oh my God, can I make my point? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, if it's a third string quarterback for the Cardinals, and it could yeah, be a third string quarterback for the Cardinals, even, they, even no, if it's not finish, successful, they'll just continue saying, to try to run the, the ball. You know, they don't have to worry about chasing a score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're going to do everything, and as much as it makes sense not to bring back Murray because they have their buy, I think just the fact that you know get this division another game ahead with the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, if they lose because the Rams lost, they could be like, all right, they're fine. And there'd still be a half game in front of the Rams, even if they did lose, but then why not right. get that game and a half cushion and then go into your buy? So like I can see if Murray's 90%, they're probably playing them as much as we can sit here and mix. But all that being said uh, is really what it comes down to is the Russell Wilson thing is the most off target throws he's had this year, almost double. And that's the percentage was just it was up at seventeen percent, which the only people worse than him were players like Mike White, <laughs> and that's all you really need to know. Russell Wilson was alongside Mike White, so I they do think like Brandon, the the fingers bothering him more than people thought. Every report out there said it was too early for him to come back, so I don't know that we mm-hmm. see a hundred percent Russell Wilson for at least another week or two. Uh, Kyler Murray, we know, is trying to make his way back from the injury. You guys, what level of quarterback would you feel comfortable having as a backup option? to then wait on Kyler with this being a late kickoff. What do you got in this one, Jake? Uh, you could wait a lot, a lot of options. You could wait. I mean, obviously, if you have Dak or Mahomes, you're not, you don't need them. But probably don't have you Kyler. You probably don't have <laughs> Justin Herbert and uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. But you could have Joe Burrow. You could have Derek Carr. You could have 
if you need the upside. What if you had what say, if you had Roethlisberger slash Mason Rudolph? Would you wait? Oh my god! Everybody gonna let me finish a sentence today? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say if you need the upside and you don't have a t- like if you had Tannehill and you just want the floor. That's the name I was gonna bring into this. Mm-hmm. You play Tannehill. If you need the upside of Murray, the boom bust potential of Roethlisberger and Daniel Jones is similar mm-hmm. to the upside of Murray. Obviously, the floors are god-awful abysmal, and that's why you play Tannehill if you have Tannehill, who's also, by the way, been a top-10 quarterback since week three or four, somewhere around there, like that after that terrible start. Maybe it was week five. Mm-hmm. It's been a bad start, but he's been really good since. Uh, point being is that's where it would be. It would be easy to wait if you had Carr and Burrow. If you need the ceiling would be the only way I wait for Ben and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the right way to look at this. Got to think about who you have in the earlier games, not who you could potentially turn to in the late games. Do we have any Kylerless concerns for James Conner? I believe both you guys have him right around RB12. So obviously you're playing him. I have, but I have Kyler take- in my ranks though right now. Like James Conner, his touch, touchdown saved his day. It was disgusting. If we know oh, it it's horrible before that. If we yeah. know it's, what is his name? Skirtenberger or whatever the hell his name is. If he's out there at quarterback. Straveler. Yeah, if he's out there, I like Skirtenberger better. If if he's out there at quarterback, I would have James Conner as a mid-level, mid-upper RB2. He wouldn't fall terribly because they would yeah, but, still play yeah, him most likely. The offense would be really hurt. For the question, real quick, before you go, Fonstick, Nuke without Kyler. Nuke's not playing. DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. That's yeah. the one that's like, it seems like that's 90% definitely not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely seems like that's I'm, just one. That I'm, I'm afraid to by. talk. I don't want to step on Jake's toes. <laughs> I, am I clear to say something? He's, he's very ornery about no, no. getting uh, getting friendly fire here. Why um, interrupting me again? Yeah, the only <laughs> can I say something here? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, the Seahawks run defense has been good lately, and I'm worried without Kyler there. But the one thing that kind of running backs have been hanging their hat on is they can kill them in the passing game, kill the Seahawks in the passing game. They and James Conner can do that. I would not be surprised third string quarterback they lean on that a lot so i kind of am like ranking connor still fairly high with the idea that okay the running game could be ugly Mm -hmm. again but god the passing game is always open for running backs all right guys thursday night game up next if you are listening to this on friday or saturday go ahead fast forward a couple of minutes we are doing this on thursday though so we're going to talk thursday night football damian harris back for the patriots funston can you still start ramondre stevenson um, I would say yes, if especially if Brandon Bolden doesn't play, I'd feel a lot better about it. Um, I think you could still you could look at the game. Um, what was it right when the, the game of Damian Harris got knocked out was late, but Romney Stevenson had a pretty good game in that game, and I feel like he's going to have an elevated role. Um, mm-hmm. I do think Damian Harris is coming back to the lead again, but I do think that there's a place now for Ramondre Stevenson. I'd be extra excited if Brandon Bolden's out because you could feel like, oh, you know what? He's actually got probably in line for three or four catches. Feeling good about that as well, even if he only gets like eight carries or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see on Bolden. But either way, you could, you know, in a deeper league, you could talk me into a flex on Stevenson as well. You feeling the same way, Jake? Yeah, copy paste the Chiefs, but Damian Harris mm-hmm. stays as the lead versus Daryl. Like he he gets his lead back, but I have them both. The Broncos again. I have them both. Very, yeah, it's funny. Damian Harris and Daryl Williams are very close together, and about two or three spots down, you find Stevenson and Edwards Alaire. Yeah, man, we're gonna yeah. have a few of those backfields for sure this week. Maybe Atlanta is uh, like both behind there. If Cordell Patterson doesn't play again, we don't know for sure just yet. But if he doesn't play, Jake, you want to mess around with either Mike Davis or Wayne Gallman? 
no, but some people might have to. Uh, it really That's what it really comes down to. And it's interesting. I keep saying this, even though the reports just yesterday we saw where they came out and said that that game Gallman got his run because Patterson got hurt and because mm-hmm. the, the game was already out of hand and all. I'm still, I still say I have Mike Davis for the floor and I think Mike Davis is lead, but if I'm going for ceiling, I would risk the Gallman zero. I like, I, there is a risk for that. He doesn't even barely even touch the ball and it's all Mike mm-hmm. Davis, but Mike Davis just has zero ceiling. We've seen Gallman in that game. He got a few touches before all that mess happened and Gallman just looked better. Very similar to yep. Deonta Foreman. And Adrian Peterson just looks better, whether or not that does anything. But, you know, maybe Goldman gets 10 touches and he finds, you know, one long play and makes it into a 60 points and a hopeful touchdown. But Or 60 points, that'd be great. 60 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm out on Mike. Day. I mean, I, I agree with Jake for the most part, but I'm like, if if it's no Cordero Patterson, I'm still like in on like the McKissicks and the Kenyon Drakes and the Naheem Hineses and the third yeah, down sure. backs in better situations than I am just Mike Davis, the lead guy in Atlanta. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, we've seen how that goes. We've seen how it goes. It does not go well. Thursday Night Football, Patriots and Falcons getting us going in week 11. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to those of you who are listening on Friday and Saturday and already know what happened in the Thursday night game. And if we're right about what to do with Atlanta and if we're right about Ramondre Stevenson, let's move on to the Bills and the Colts. And you guys are raining on the Zach Moss parade. Uh, Expert consensus ranking at Fantasy Pros has him somewhere in the low-end RB2 range or just outside it. Brandon at RB38, Jake at RB36. I guess, Brandon, take it first. Why are you guys right and everyone else wrong? Well, just I don't. That's a parade I just don't want to go to. I mean, I, <laughs> it's an unnecessary parade. Um, well, you know, I harp on it all the time. I think this is the lowest uh, volume carry backfield, and in and they play a you know, and they deploy it in a almost Belichickian way. But like, you know, when it's go, it's Moss one week, it's Singletary one week. Oh, randomly, it's Brita this week. You know, like. And it's all split up, and there's just no upside. And they, they have blowouts, and they still don't give the ball to the running back. It's like, why are we doing this? I mean, Zach Moss has had a month straight now of not even reaching 10 half PPR fantasy points. Why are we ranking him as an RB2 when it could just as easily be Devin Singletary, who is the RB2? I think you rank him down. Sure, he's capable of being an RB2. We've seen it, but so is so is the other guys there. A lot and of guys we've talked More about likely too. than not, it's very capable that none of them will be an RB2. So. It's just too. It's just too. You know, too much of a coin flip there. Not even. A coin we know flip. that the- it's gonna. Uh, I thought you said you guys. I was chomping in. I know you usually move on, but you said you guys. It's it's. This is a statement thing. Unless they score a touchdown in a blowout last week, not one mm-hmm. of the three 
touched the ball more than eight times in a friggin' blowout. No, no, nothing, nothing to do with this backfield. We know we want something to do with Michael Pittman. We also know that this is a very, very tough matchup. So here's my question for you guys on Michael Pittman. Obviously, everyone who has Michael Pittman is starting Michael Pittman. That's not what we're talking about. But if some fantasy football genie came to you and said, all right, Jake, you can lock in whatever stats you want for Michael Pittman, or you can roll the dice and take what he actually gets. What's the lowest you would take? What's like the, you know, would you take six for 70 and no touchdown? What's the lowest you would take considering how tough this matchup with the Bills is? Four for 60. And you weren't far from where I was going, but four for 60. So eight and a half point PPR. I think that's an admiral day. And, you know, I have him down in the 20s. I just, this is, you have to respect the Bills. And it's, you know, yes, can he still finish top 15? It's probably going to have to come on a touchdown. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. So if you told me four for 60, I take eight points as my wide receiver three. Uh, so I have him as a fringe or wide receiver two. And if you told me that was the floor I could lock in, I would take that versus risking that he gets 18 or two. Uh, because we've seen a hell of a lot more twos against the Bills this year than we have seen 18. Yeah, I'd, I'd want one more catch. <laughs> but yeah, I have him ranked like 22 right now. He's a back-end wide receiver too. So five for 60? Yeah, five for 60 would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'm ranking... <laughs> you nitpicked that half so you guys, point. You're, taking that, you're, taking, you're just taking the five for 60, Jake. You're taking the four for 60 rather than saying, you know what, I'll, I'll see what Pittman can do for me. You're just taking that and locking that in and moving on. I out. would take it in. I would just move it in. I'm move along, especially because most people have him as their wide receiver three, and that's a wide receiver three number, and I would take it and move on. I don't want the zero. I, the Bills are more likely to give you the zero than they are to give you the 18 i'm just that's the fact you, you got surprised at the seven point spread on this game and to me it just it feels a tiny bit heavy just a tiny bit a little surprised to see it at seven i would lean toward the colts in that one but uh one that i would most likely just stay away from rather than bet yeah that's buffalo's no, been no, a so little bit you know they've been shaky of late uh you know and and it seems like a lot of their games mm -hmm. they have to turn it on in the second half to to salvage the line but uh yeah i mean i, I guess it's a little bit high, but um, just because of the balance that Indy has, they have decent defense and they can throw and they can run. And they, you know, they can they have a pretty well rounded team. All right, guys, move on to the next game. Potentially a huge one when we look back on the AFC standings. This could be an important one as far as the uh, AFC wild card race goes. It's the Bengals and the Raiders. Bengals are actually one point favorites in Vegas. Forty nine and a half is the over under. And Brandon, I want to start with you because you just love the Bengals this week. You've got Joe Burrow up at QB six. You've got Jamar Chase as a wide receiver one. T Higgins is a wide receiver two. Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three. So let's hear the bullish on the Bengals case that you've got for us. Uh, well, I mean Burrow. Went into the bye with his worst game of the year, but we got to remember, I think he had three straight games of three touchdowns, and I think over like the previous five or six games, he was averaging over 300 yards and was just two to three touchdowns every week, and then he had the bad week, and so... But he really is, like, on the season, if you think about it, he's basically like a quarterback six. I mean, he's one of the best of the not elite-tier guys, and then you got the Raiders... They, they made Patrick Mahomes suddenly feel right, and he goes for 405. I mean, a couple weeks before that, it was Teddy Bridgewater going for 303. Even Jalen Hurts, like 200 and some passing yards and two touchdowns through the air. It's a good day for Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. So that's what we've seen from the Raiders in the last few weeks. I just feel like with the bye coming off of a bad game, this is a get-right game for Joe Burrow, getting back to only what he was doing before that. Jake, on the other side of this game, I can feel this. I can feel you wanting to make a case for Kenyon Drake. So let's hear the case for Kenyon Drake, Week 11 fantasy football starter. 
Is, is that because Funston's done it like six times already, and then I can finally do it in week 11? Funston's <laughs> done it a couple of times, so I wanted to give you an you opportunity. You do it so it happens, Jake. When so- I do it, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> That's true. Hey, seven running backs have four or more receptions against the Bengals this year. Seven. And they have they already had their bye. That just kind of gives you an idea of what's happened against mm-hmm. them. They've given up the second most receptions, only one behind the Cardinals to running backs, and the Cardinals haven't had their bye, just to give you an idea. Granted, two of those were huge games, and Michael Carter and Najee Harris just putting up wide receiver lines against them. But still, it comes down to seven running backs, four-plus receptions. This is a game that you expect the Bengals to be able to push the pace. You expect this to be a high-scoring game. And if that's so, you are chasing a timeshare. But you're, pay- you know, this goes back to like Chase Edmonds before he got hurt. And you know Javante Williams, if he was in this game, you're chasing the second option. But that's why he's an RB3 play with a ceiling for a potential top-20 finish. All right, this one is for both of you as we look at, look at one more thing in the uh, Raiders and Bengals game. Hunter Renfro is, I don't know if you guys both have him in wide receiver two, meaning top 24, but if one of you or both of you are outside, you're barely outside. So we're basically looking at Hunter Renfro in wide receiver two land. Funston, does that mean that anyone who has him should start him? That you are When you and I are sitting here on Sunday morning chatting with the masses, are you basically going to answer you any been, Hunter Renfro question. question with Hunter Renfro? Yes. <laughs> what do we always say? Follow the volume. I mean, Hunter Renfro, eight targets, nine targets practically every week now. Three straight weeks of seven catches. Uh, he's scored in back-to-back weeks. And I always say we're in week 11 now. You are what your numbers say you are at this point, kind of. And he's wide receiver 29 and a half PPR. And, and if you you know take out Cooper Cup and Robert Woods being in front of him and, and they're on by, like, yeah, you sh- you kind of have to, with the way things are going, the volume he's getting right now, you kind of have to put him in the mid-20s at wide receiver at this point. Mm, yep, that's it. <laughs> said, yeah, I don't even interrupt. Yeah. Just, he said everything. Like, the, the question I said is, why haven't you been starting Hunter Renfro? That's yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> it was funny, Funston, last week on Sunday when we were talking about Hunter Renfro, we said, like, right, he's he's – Got the seven for 50, and he's going to get a touchdown. That was exactly what he did last week, <laughs> the seven for 50 with the touchdown. So, I mean, we're basically soothsayers in the fantasy football world. Ravens and Bears, next game up on the list here, you guys. A couple of wide receivers who I want to talk about in this. This one is just for Jake, and then we'll move on to another one. Jake, bullish on Rashad Bateman, I noticed. So make the case for Rashad Bateman starting this week. Yeah, really, at the beginning of the season, I had concern for anybody not named Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews because we had to have a significant upgrade in the passing game for it to happen. And the thing is, we've been talking about it all year long, and I've mentioned it several times about the Ravens and that they are passing more. No, it's not 550 attempts this year, but they're taking mm-hmm. advantage of what we've covered a lot and saying, you know, team trying to run cover two to keep Marquise Brown in front of them. And then that just makes Lamar Jackson take off. But now that they've also added Rashad Bateman, from being healthy, that's pulling them in, which helps Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews is doing his. They just yep. now they legitimately have three weapons, and Lamar Jackson's passing more than he was last year, and is taking advantage of Rashad Bateman. And Funston said, "Chase the volume." I still had hesitancies even after the first game, but the volume's been there every single week for Bateman's getting looks every single week, and that's the case. What it really comes down to is, is it's a it's a funneled offense. Granted, three options, and it's from a run heavy team. But the run heaviness hasn't been as much as it should be this year. Honestly, you know, maybe that's a big part with no J.K. Dobbins, no Gus Edwards. But mm-hmm. it's forced to be a fun. It's how different is this offense from ones like you know the Vikings with three options? Hell, the passing game of the Cincinnati Bengals. Bateman's essentially Tyler yeah. Boyd. 
I think that's fair. I think that's definitely a fair way to look at this. And uh, the Bears have been susceptible to big plays in the passing game this season. Not quite the Bears defense that they maybe have a reputation for. Both of you are liking Darnell Mooney for the Bears this week. So let's hear a case from both of you and let's start it off with Funston. Yeah, Darnell Mooney's, you know, again, he's a guy that's been getting volume as Justin Fields is getting better. Darnell Mooney's, you know, fantasy value seems to be getting better. Allen Robinson is banged up. You look at the Ravens uh, secondary, they've had their issues and they're, they're you know a bit below average of late so i just look at it as darnell mooney is kind of justin fields go-to guy at this point although i mean it's a wide receiver position cole Komet stepping up at tight end but uh i think it's mm-hmm. just you know it's, it's not a terrible matchup alan robinson's down darnell mooney has been the guy for justin fields anyways and we're starting to feel better about justin fields as a passer yeah, there's not much more to add to that fact. You know, most routes in the team the two games before they hit their bye, 27% target share, team target per share, which is like, okay, cool. You know, especially if you're the Beasley types. But on top of that, who cares if you're the Cole Beasley types because mm-hmm. it's not just 27% target share. It's 16.7 yards air per target, too. So, yeah, Mooney Tunes, man. <laughs> Mooney Tunes, I love it. And Justin Fields, man, I think maybe found something uh, in that last game for the Bears before the bye. Great touchdown drive against the Steelers. Briefly put the Bears ahead. You know what maybe he found? Maybe get uh, what he found. He found this confidence from the game before that. Now it's like peaked out confidence. Found his mojo. It definitely feels like he's turned a corner at this point in his, his mojo. Uh, his little season. Austin Powers. Yeah, hopefully, uh, I mean, if it. Yeah, if he keeps this rolling, you guys, if if that was indeed him finding the mojo, finding that confidence, turning that corner, then maybe Justin Fields is someone who's a big part of our fantasy lives down this uh, stretch and into the playoffs. Sunday Night Football features those Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start on the Steelers side of things. Since this is Sunday Night Football, are you willing to wait, Jake, on Chase Claypool with his injury? And then I put Fryermuth in here as well because... If we talked about it on Monday, right? If Mason Rudolph is the starter again, you don't want to start Pat Fryermuth, and we're not going to know that maybe until down to Sunday night. So, are you willing to wait on either of these guys? No way on earth I'm waiting for Claypool. Was your backup option in this game, James Washington? And what if it's and then the problem is is okay, that's mm-hmm. fine if it's Ben Roethlisberger, which it sounds like it's going to be Tyler Tyler Johnson on Monday night. Yeah, no, they just this. So, what do you turn to Ray Ray McLeod if Mason Rudolph is that quarterback? Like, there's just no, there's no reason to really wait on Chase Claypool. Fryermuth's probably the same thing. There's other options. Fryermuth has been great. I've been enjoying it as much as anybody with the Air Fryermuth, and they're like, you know, I love the fact that it's happening. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's tight end, and the most obvious one I'll just continue to say out there is because he's still maybe after waivers finished for everybody on Wednesday because there's some that run during the day and like whatever. I'm assuming it's not half the roster ship, but Dan Arnold heading into this week was still half the roster ship of Fryermuth. Crazy. There's your easy. I would. Ha- I have Dan Arnold in front of Fryermuth anyway, and that's with Fryermuth. Is it with Ben Roethlisberger? As you should. As you absolutely should. Funston, you waiting on either of these guys? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I mean, I, if you're asking me, like, <laughs> basically the same as what Jake said. It's funny. I have. I have yeah. Arnold and Fryermuth on a couple uh, of teams. So, like, in, in reality, I'm not waiting on Fryermuth because I like Dan Arnold mm-hmm. at, better than Fryer. You like Arnold better yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah, Dan Arnold. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. We have been waiting for Justin Herbert. We've been waiting for Mike Williams. Give me a percent chance that these guys bounce back on Sunday night against the Steelers. Funson, you take this one first. Uh, this, is a, this is a gut that I think Mike Williams has a decent day, finally. And so I will say... 
it's something better than 50%. But I, I like the matchup against Cam Sutton. Uh, I think it's it sets him up well. Like I said, I've been watching him. Seems like he's close. He's got these drops. That if they didn't happen, his days are looking better the last few weeks. So... I'm gonna. I just like I said, this is a gut call. That's why I still ranked them in the in the wide receiver two range this week. If it doesn't happen this week, I'm out on that going forward. Mm. Big Jake, thirty-two point seven eight percent. There we go. There's a guy who understands the spirit of the question, Funston. There's a guy who gets what fifty point zero one. There you go. <laughs> that is better. That is certainly better than fifty percent. I love that. And all jokes aside, like I say, if you ran this game ten times. Three games, I think he bounces back to the Herbert that we thought he might be. So, I, I mean, no, no Minka Fitzpatrick, right? And maybe no TJ Watt. That that should definitely help. And you know, I'll probably move up a tick on Mike Williams if we find out more. Like we'll get Saturday reports too. That's why mm-hmm. I checked the rankings all the way up to even through Saturday. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I will say as a sidebar, I like the fact that we're getting inactive so early on Sunday this year. Is, am I the only one realizing oh, it's that? It's been awesome. Yeah, no, it's been yeah. great. It's like. For sure, like 80 minutes. It's, it's like 11-15. Like like, it's like, here comes a knack. I'm yeah. like, holy crap. I remember when I used to be sitting there at 12-15 frustrated that we're still waiting for some. Oh, no. Yeah, it's been beautiful for sure. It's been one of the best seasons of that uh, for, for us. Yeah, I actually did that uh, before that was a thing. When I was an intern at Rotowire back in my University of Wisconsin days, I uh, did that on Sunday mornings, called up the press boxes, asking for inactives, and then we would... <laughs> Put them out there into the world. It's and old school. Away I remember people doing that. That's oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Me and uh, shout story, out Mike Doria. Yeah. Shout out Mike. Hey, <laughs> we're like the same age, Jake. Get out of here. Get out of here. And get it. Don't, don't trample on my shout out to Mike Doria, who I did that with on Sunday mornings back in. God, that would have been the uh, football season of 2006 that I did that. Great season, 2006. Look it up, kids. Great year, 2006. Look it up, kids. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, guys, next game on our list here is the Jaguars and the 49ers. 49ers, six and a half point favorites in this game. We got a total of 45 and a half. And we have a good, honest head-to-head. You guys have been thwarting my head-to-heads over the last few weeks because there just isn't a big enough difference in a lot of the players to make it worthwhile talking about. But this is a nice, sizable one. Marvin Jones, Jake's at wide receiver 31, Brandon down at wide receiver 40. Jake, let's hear the positive case on Marvin Jones. Uh, there's not a huge positive case on it, but you, you kind of look at some of the matchups, and you know, San Francisco hasn't been that fearsome so far this year that you're like worried about the San Francisco. I'm actually at this point, I'm more worried about the Jaguars' pass defense than I am the 49ers' defense <laughs> that we've seen for the past two weeks. And it really mm-hmm. comes down, look, Marvin Jones. Is, it's similar to Funston with Mike Williams, not on the Mike Williams level. I'm not gonna say it's 100% a gut call, but Marvin Jones mm-hmm. has been left out more often than not at the beginning of the season. I, you know, I tied in Marvin Jones and Brandon Cooks together and said volume the volume hasn't been there but if you look at this game and Trevor Lawrence trying to get right Chanel's not the answer Dan Arnold has been Agnew's been fun but Agnew did his job not even in the passing game last week it's still Marvin Jones if you want to try and get some semblance of the offense you get it going with Marvin Jones so it's just he's down in the 30s he's behind Bateman I'm not that excitement or no he's right there with Bateman you know what 
Yeah, he's behind me, Bateman. I need to switch that. Bateman, one spot over <laughs> Marvin Jones. So he's going to slide down to 32. One more spot. But look, he's a bottom end wide receiver three play, hoping for a touchdown, really. Yeah, I just have to – I just had – you know, you look at the you look at the game log, and it's six fantasy points Gross. or less in five of his last six games. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And, and I, I feel like I've watched a decent amount of Jacksonville the last few weeks. Fun. It just I'm doesn't sorry. doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know exactly. But when you're watching these games and you have Marvin Jones in your lineup, you're looking for Marvin mm-hmm. Jones, and he just doesn't show up. He just doesn't pop. Like he does not even look like he's part of this offense right now. And I find it to say, okay, I'm tired of hitting my head against the wall and ranking him as a wide receiver three. I got to knock him down to wide receiver four this week because that's what he's been. And I don't even think he's probably even been a wide receiver four over the last six weeks. So yeah, uh, the upside's so still there, but man. Uh, this Jaguars, this Jaguars offense is tough to watch right now. Yeah, it really is. On the other side of this game, we're assuming Elijah Mitchell is going to play. He's got a fractured finger, but sounds like it's not going to keep him out of this game. If he is out, we all know that Jeff Wilson, an easy play. Funston, based on where you have these guys ranked, I feel like you can maybe make a flex case for Jeff Wilson. Let's hear it. Yeah, who were you asking me to make a flex case for earlier in this uh, in this show? Of- yeah, I was like, can you... Dude, I'm making yeah. track of, like, ads Zach and all, this, all these other things. No, you guys no, both hate somebody, Zach Moss. It was somebody earlier I've got all that. these was, ads oh, to was, read and all these players, and I'm clicking through banners. Like, you know, yeah, once, once we pass it, we pass it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, given the fact that Eli Mitchell had the rib injury, now he has a finger injury. Uh, if he does play, you could see them maybe not. Was it Ramondre giving... Stevenson? It might have been him? Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> I'm trying to compare them. Like I like Ramondre better than Jeff Wilson, but I think he could make the. He got he got ten carries last week. This could be an absolute slog of a game against Jacksonville, where there's a whole lot of carry volume, and I could see Eli Mitchell getting to twenty, and Jeff Wilson still getting to like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So I. I think you could make the case. I don't know that we saw a goal line carry against the Rams, but mm-hmm. there's at least with the kind of the, the bang up of Eli Mitchell, there's a potential that they might want to use Jeff Wilson at the goal line. So like, I, I feel like there's a decent chance for a touchdown in there as well. Look at this personal uh, attack from loyal viewer Alex Bernstein on me, you guys. Just graduated middle school in 06. I was a senior <laughs> in high school, at least the fall or a senior in college. The fall of 06, 06, 07. What's up, class of 2007? Unbelievable. So for that, Funston, real quick, nobody (laughs) had a goal line carry for the 49ers last week. So there you go. So those are, there's, yeah, I was like, I was like, Elijah remember in the game, I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's because Debo was scoring from deeper. (laughs) Debo. Uh, Titans and Saints. Let's take a look at that game, you guys. We now have two games worth of data on the Derrick Henry list Titans. Kind of a broad question I have for you guys. Michael Salfino, our colleague here, tweeted out that they're 100 yards down on average from where they are per game with Derrick Henry. So, I mean, what do we think, Jake, of these Derrick Henry-less Tennessee Titans? Uh, they How do you are... go into a week? Like, what's the baseline that you go into a week assuming they're going to be? Uh, the Houston Texans and Buffalo Bills. And, okay, that's a hell of a lot. Like, actually, you know, they're probably What, what than... about the Seattle Seahawks? I, I think without Chris Carson, they're kind of like the Seattle Seahawks. Eh, at least Alex Collins gets the majority of those touches, though. That's the thing. It's like nobody's getting the majority. Yeah. I think I'm not is- even necessarily talking just the backfield. I mean, just like this off. Like, what are your what are your feelings about this offense in general without Derrick Henry? Like, how well, do you feel about for the, going into the for week? the backfield? I was gonna say they're actually the Bills. It's a fun offense. The backfield is just miserable unless somebody scores a touchdown because Adrian Peterson comes in, in the red zone. Dante Foreman looks better. Jeremy McNichols' role hasn't changed, so it's just the Bills. This fun like 
the passing game still the Bills still fun. AJ Brown, it's a bad game. AJ Brown is still a top ten wide receiver. Another good matchup this week. Those things kind of happen. You know, go through the game log. How many times has Devontae Adams had a bad game? Well, I think he's got like two on the season. He actually not had been the Devontae Adams of the 2020 season. Tyreek Hill has down games all the time. You know, it's just there's very few that are Cooper Cup, and that's because Cooper Cup is the only one right now this year who's just out there no matter what is every single damn week. But really what it comes down to is, yeah, I, A.J. Brown, and I think we could find some value potentially in Marcus Johnson because, you know, we were doing the Westbrook Aquinas. Hey, he might be the answer. But interestingly, I, th- I think it was on our site. I don't remember. Somebody was pointing out the fact, and I agree with the fact that is that Westbrook Aquina doesn't really fit the Julio Jones role. Marcus Johnson does. And that Marcus Johnson, and I'm not saying go start Marcus Johnson, but go pick him up just in case in some leagues you get wide receiver four value going forward. That's what, again, you're not lighting up the world, but that's what the offense is stagnant, not just because of the backfield, it's because the Ravens of last year. Ryan Tannehill needs a second option. He needs somebody. He's like he's messing around with Ferkser and Swaim and nonsense over there. So he just he needs a second option. I think that. With AJ Brown, like I, I'm not going to argue that he's not a top ten guy, but like of the top ten guys that we would argue are in that, that I just think the roller coaster ride volatility of AJ Brown's a higher degree than anybody else there, and we've already seen it this year. I think I just looked; he had like five games, a six point seven half PPR. Is it higher than Tyreek Hill, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, them, they're I about the same. Yeah, Tyreek's getting at least like twelve targets, and, and even his bad games are like six, seven catches for fifty yards right now, which you can mm-hmm. live with. Like AJ Brown's a little bit less. Uh, no, Tyreek. Tyreek's got a four, a five, and then a five for fifty-six. And a six for forty nine, and so like he's had some pretty miserable games too. Well, I'm just I'm just saying like one, two, three, four, five, six games for AJ Brown under fifty yards. I mean, it's uh you know and more than half the season. Three, four. Okay, so you beat him by one. I said six, and then he's got a fifty six and a sixty three. So you beat him on one. (laughs) But and he's also scoring more touchdowns. Okay, that, that's fair. I'm just saying, like, I think the volatility okay, but, is not that. Uh, but it's similar. it's higher. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's higher. It's higher. It's higher no matter what. Uh, all right, when I said Titans and Saints, obviously I meant Titans and Texans. Let's blow through this really quickly, though. Brandon Cooks, uh, I'm surprised, guys. The uh, expert consensus on Fantasy Pros has him down at, like, in the mid-20s at wide receiver. You guys are both where I would be if I was still doing the ranking slog up at, what, like, wide receiver 16? I just feel like that's the right thing here, and we talk about Brandon Cooks all the time. So, I, you know, I'm just going to take a, a, a managerial decision for us on the show and move us forward, but... Wide receiver 25, wide receiver 26. That is absolutely wrong on Brandon Cooks. Wide receiver well, here, 15, wide receiver no, 16. No, real quick, Fonsta, you know who's got fewer games than A.J. Brown does for bad yards? Brandon Cooks. He's yeah, actually I, better than I don't you're get just praying about A.J. Brown, so there you go. At all. It's like, there you, you go. look at Tennessee's I mean, numbers against wide receivers are terrible, and you got Brandon Cooks in the top 10 in target volume? Like, it's yeah. a perfect marriage. Tyrod, two more weeks removed from the injury from the last time that we saw him, considering Houston's coming off the bye. Like, this should be a much better spot. And I personally, for what it's worth, love the Texans plus 10.5 in this one. So, uh, yeah, Brandon Cooks, fire him up with a ton of confidence. What about Mark Ingram? You guys, do we fire him up with confidence? This is Saints. Saints and Eagles is the game this week uh, with the Eagles one-and-a-half-point favorites at home in this game. Alvin Kamara appears to be on track to return. How do we feel about Mark Ingram, Jake, if Alvin Kamara does indeed return? 
Uh, he's back into the whole Jamal Williams and uh, Fonson was talking before about Jeff Wilson and those the RB3s. RB3s, and he's still valuable. He's probably still usable in a lot of leagues, but I have Kamara back inside the top 10 and Mark Ingram as a fringe. I mean, look, I have him ahead of Dot the Foreman. So high-end mm-hmm. RB3. I'd rather play Mark Ingram in that offense and knowing, put it this way, who do you think has more touches? Who, or if you if you always keep asking this question during the show, like if I told you this, if I told you there's a bet on who has more touches, Ingram or Foreman, wouldn't you take Ingram? Yeah, I would take I Ingram. I think, you yes, know. I would. Pretty confidently. In if fact. you're speculating on guys, touches the, the week like before, guys that might hurt. be out, like yeah. I think I, he's he goes behind, like Dearness Johnson, if Chubb doesn't clear, would be my number one of the backups. And then Jeff Wilson, if Eli Mitchell sits, would be two. And mm-hmm. then if Kamara sat, I would put Ingram third. But they'd all kind of slot in somewhere in the, you know, in that 10 to 50, 10 to 20 range uh, at their RB position. All right, we're going to skip the requisite Eagles backfield talk, if only because we sort of know how that situation goes. It's a tough Saints defense that we're going up against, and awesome. we're running a little bit low on time. So I'm just going to move on to the next game, which is the Panthers and the Washington football team. Let's hear it from both of you. Funston, your Cam ranking at the quarterback position and expectation for what he looks like in his first game back as the starter. I'm a big, begrudgingly putting him at number 10. I don't like watching Cam Newton throw the football, but you <laughs> cannot argue his skills running the football. And the one thing in Carolina that's different than in New England is you have Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and they're guys that can get open and they're easy to throw passes to, and they can get a lot of yards after the catch. So it kind of gives, you know, it's a little less headwind there for Cam Newton than it was in New England. So I give him... You know, I give him a decent chance to uh, put up some numbers in the passing game, especially against Washington with no pass rush now, and they're already bad against the pass mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah, I'm a 13. I'm not quite as high, mostly because of what you said, the passing side of things. It was beyond oh, god awful last year. <laughs> like the interceptions mm-hmm. and touchdowns were just, it was all rushing. But, you know, no Chase Young, Washington defense is favorable matchup. That's why I'm 13. I still have Burrow, Wilson with the finger, and Herbert in front of him. But if you wanted to argue him sure. in front of any of those guys, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm starting Cam uh, in two leagues, two Superflex leagues. I'm starting Cam this week, feeling pretty good about it, feeling good about Carolina in this game. think it could get ugly for Washington's offense against a Panthers defense that ranks second in the NFL in EPA behind just the Buffalo Bills. All right, guys, just a couple more games before we wrap up this episode. The first one is Cleveland and Detroit. Everyone excited for this Week 11 matchup. Sounds like Nick Chubb is coming back, Funston. If he does... What are your thoughts for Dearness Johnson? Um, yeah, like, like you know, he's he's in that RB three, uh, but I, I think at the at the top end of the RB three mix, you expect a lot of volume in this game on the ground. Cleveland wants to run it anyways. They get up. I think it's you know, it's and Nick Chubb's coming off COVID, so who knows? Maybe they limit him just a little bit if he does clear. So I feel good about Dearness Johnson as a solid flex play. Jake, are you on that same page? Oh, yeah. No, I want to I th- hear from yeah, you, I thought you were just speeding things up at this point. Uh, yeah, oh, Darren Johnson right there, and I don't even say you need to limit Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb just isn't going to have over 60%. They proved that. So Nick Chubb, Jamal Williams, all these guys, the guys we just talked right before the break, too. Yeah, RB3s, high-end RB3s. Browns are 10-point favorites in this game. 44-and-a-half is the total. Obviously, quarterback questions on both sides. Uh, this could Lions. be Case Keenum versus Tim Boyle. Right? Uh, yeah, the Lions, excuse me. Uh, this could be Case Keenum versus Tim Boyle in this one. It sounds like Baker Mayfield has a better chance to play than Jared Goff, but still 10 points with that total. 
27.25 implied total for the Browns. That just that feels kind of heavy to me. Does it feel heavy to either of you guys too? No, the line feels heavy, but that doesn't feel that heavy. You like the Lions getting ten? Uh, yeah, I'd I'd push it. I up feel if like I could. there's I feel like there's a almost a, a a really good chance there's a Cleveland defensive touchdown. You know, like yeah. I could I could bake that into it almost. So, so I mean, the, li- if, the if Lions that happens, scored, no. the Lions scored thirty three points in Week One. You know that crazy I mean, look at this. comeback against the 49ers. One. They've scored nineteen as a max since then. They've been beaten by ten over ten only three times. One was a push against Chicago. Mm-hmm. That just so I, I look the, the they only lost by nine to Los Angeles in Los Angeles two weeks ago. They got or three weeks ago they got again they blown yeah. out by that was a pull out all the stops surprise onside kick fake punt galore yeah. sort of game. As Chicago was ten and then you have to go back to the beginning of the season. I mean even the San Francisco there was only eight at Green Bay was the big blowout. So I just mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying plus ten feels like a lot honestly. Yeah, I like the Browns. I mean, I, I'm not betting the Browns, but I am taking the Browns in the survivor pools where I am still alive. This oh, is, I'm uh, not the time with that. <laughs> <laughs> time to use the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dolphins and Jets, you guys. You guys both like Tua Tungabailoa right outside of your QB1 classes. So I do want to hear from both of you on this one. Jake, you first. The case for Tua. The case for Tua is healthy Tua. That's really and facing the Jets. That's really what it comes down to. That's the only case you need to be made. Is every you face more quarterbacks, you have close quarterbacks inside your top fifteen against the Jets. And Tua called into action last week and looked okay. Like I, for how okay he looked, how weren't you just starting him in that game? Which is the baffling thing about mm-hmm. it. But uh, yeah, no a healthy kidding. Tua. And the fact is, that he runs just you know only twenty or thirty yards these days. But you chip that on, and you know Tua's in this conversation. Uh, again, right in front of Kirk Cousins against that Green Bay defense, which I'm just not that confident about. Yeah, and, and Tua does call his own number at the goal line too. I mean, they don't have a they don't have a Jordan Howard anymore who can come in and just plow in there. Miles Gaskin and, and Savon Ahmed aren't automatically you know your guys are bringing at the goal line. So he has scored in each of his last two games on the ground as well. But yeah, basically it's about the matchup. It's Tua looking healthy, ability to run a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's just a good matchup against the Jets. We can't not talk about the quarterback on the other side of this one, you guys. What does Joe Flacco do for, or more appropriately, perhaps, to the Jets' offense? What do you got on this one, Funston? I mean, they've been playing quarterback shuffle anyways. I mean, it's Zach Wilson, Mike White, Josh Johnson, now Joe Flacco. I mean, maybe it's like... I don't know what he does other than we know Joe is old and he's always kind of like short intermediate area options and mm-hmm. you feel a little bit dubious about the, the deep ball. But can he game manage? Yeah. I mean, in a game against Miami, might actually he might keep things a little bit competitive in that ma- in that manner, not turn the ball over too much. We'll see. But I, he's, I think he's ranked last for me on my quarterback list this <laughs> week. So I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Joe Flacco. Jake, let me rephrase the question to you in this way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're starting Michael Carter. Are you starting Corey Davis and or Elijah Moore? No, you the wrong one there. Elijah Elijah Moore's not in the conversation. Jameson Crowder is. Uh, and so just the proof of the effect, understandably, because he has a million followers of the Matthew Berry versus Jake Seeley effect, is I've been talking about Jameson Crowder and Corey <laughs> Davis matchup-wise and had them very close in my rankings. And Matthew uh-huh. Berry tweeted out the fact that this feels like a Crowder game if you look at the fact that slots – against the Dolphins and that's the conversation I had with Pat Mayo nobody listened to me everybody listened to Matthew Barry which they should he's got a million followers that's why like that's why Matthew Barry is Matthew Barry but 
the the rankings pull close. Like I had giant gaps to consensus, which is you were talking about, and they're getting smaller. There were double digit gaps yeah. on both of them. They're both now only single digit gaps. You beat the Dolphins over the middle. What does Joe Flacco also not do? Throw downfield. You beat the Dolphins with Jameson Crowder this week. Elijah Moore is actually less in the slot than even Corey Davis is. That's how much he plays outside now. So I know Elijah Moore is not even in this conversation. You start Corey Davis begrudgingly because he still gets the volume and he could get the touchdown. But I don't think Corey Davis and Marvin Jones are that different this week. I'm starting Crowder. Mm. Hey, guys, don't tell the 2014, 13 Broncos that Joe Flacco doesn't throw downfield. <laughs> hey, it's, while, it's while you're you in the booth up and calling Jones. up the injury reports, <laughs> <laughs> I think Marvin Jones had his last good game against these Dolphins. They're not dissimilar, but I think Marvin Jones had a seven one hundred and a touchdown game a few weeks back against these Dolphins. So, I, Corey Davis is the opposite of Marvin Jones for me because every time I watch Corey Davis, he shows up, and I, I yeah. understand the matchup may not be conducive to his style as much. But I still see him as the guy that they're going to try to get the ball to. I, I don't. I don't disagree that Jamin, Jameson Crowder is also a good play as well. All right, guys, you let's wrap things up here. Monday night. Fo- Sorry, where Corey Davis didn't show up. Burn, burn. <laughs> Monday night football: Giants and Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers no. ten point favorite, ten and a half point favorites. No, Jake, not willing to wait on Antonio Brown. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think we'll do on Saturday anyway. Like, this is this is he's cleared or not? I'm not playing. This is, no. <laughs> anything different on that uh willing to wait on antonio brown no i mean i'm yeah i'm kind of with jake on that i think it'll it'll help you know potentially like a mike <laughs> evans you know and, and things like that there's there's Trust some things that, that there, there's <laughs> some yeah there's some dom- dominoes that might help out the tampa offense but i would bet a thousand billion in my entire bank account that neither of you know what brown brandon bright's ca- comment just meant i don't i do not get it no I don't get it. <laughs> you don't? No, no, of course. Adam Hangman Page came back to Virginia last night as champion of AEW. Cowboy sh- Oh, man. Now that, that's big. That's big. How does that affect your love for Kenny Galladay this week, Jake? <laughs> is, is it really love? Is it more a fact that if he's healthy? You got him, what, top 30 receiver? Yeah, it's it, Corey right. Davis, Marvin Jones. Like all, They're outside wide receivers. You could get two for Thirty, or you could get, you know, hopefully four for a decent amount of day, and the touchdown. That's really what it comes down to. I do love Sterling Shepard the most. I just don't know how Sterling Shepard, how healthy he is. Again, like Antonio Brown, we should probably know on Saturday at some point, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I had, had was able to interview Pat Leonard earlier this week from the Giants. He, he works for the newspaper covers them, I and he didn't think Shepard would be back for it. For a couple weeks. Well, I'm just saying he's a guy. It's embedded huge, in New York. Huge name drop, Pat Leonard of the New York yeah, Daily exactly. News. Oh my god! It's like not fun. It's like Beyonce or Pat Leonard, right? Yeah, there you go. But he felt like Shepard was definitely no go this week, and probably no go next week. And Kadarius Tony is still wearing a huge wrap on his ankle uh-huh. and is looking like he's still not a hundred percent. And that's why I'm more excited about Kenny Galladay this week than I've been in a long time. The game's got a total of 49.5 also, so one of the higher totals, obviously the Buccaneers being 10.5-point favorites, eat up a good chunk of that total, but uh, there's reason to think that the Giants can maybe get things going. And hey, Saquon Barkley, guys. Saquon Barkley, back in Hey, breaking news. Derrick Henry could be back in January for the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Derrick Henry could be back in January. The Titans, man. 
we got we're gonna have to talk about that on another because the Titans just like what a beautiful the fact that they lose Derrick Henry and then their schedule over the back half of the season looks the way that it does and everything that's happened in the AFC like they could coast almost to that buy and then hey before you get out of here for you you want to talk about schedules you know there's gonna be a league winner again this year facing another beautiful last six games David Montgomery Montgomery Montgomery. David Montgomery from Montgomery absolutely (laughs) he got it again he's got another beautiful schedule there we go Justin Fields (laughs) maybe right there with him but that's enough we've done enough talking to you on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast so we're gonna let things go for Jake for Funston I am Michael Beller thanks for joining us good luck week 11 kicks off tonight can't wait to talk to you again soon good luck let's all go out there get some W's in week 11 we'll see you later